You guys, both dogs are in the podcast studio with us today. Everyone give a round of applause to Dash for growing up enough to be welcome on the carpet in the basement. Now he only pees when I approach him or try to talk to him or invite him to come over sit on my lap. He's a sensitive angel and Dallin has some negative energy in him, I guess. That terrifies him. I just... He's just, he's so scared of Dallin and Dallin's not like a mean person to him. But like, I don't know what it is about Dallin that intimidates him so much, but it, he's, Dallin's not allowed to come by Dash anymore because Dash can't handle your, if there's your one, energy. If, if I've just disciplined him a little bit stronger that day, I got to kind of watch out the rest of the day <laughs> because he's going to be all over the house if I like invite him to come over next to me. Like he'll come and like wag his tail. And when he's doing that little tail wag kind of whimper walk, he's just going to pee everywhere. So I'm watching out for it. Just be very nice to him and he'll love you forever and he won't pee on you when you get by him. That's still to be seen, but for now I don't believe it. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's been a minute. We started a new podcast and we haven't really been in the Big Little Life studio for a minute and we're just happy to be here and we have a lot to talk about. You guys, there's a lot has gone down. Yeah, there has. We, uh, hopefully you've seen the vlogs lately. We did one of the favorite, one of our favorite vlogs we've ever done is that uh, couple styles each other from clothes that are only from Costco or Target, Target. something like that. Titled it something like that. And it's um, it was so much fun. And you guys seem to like it really as well. And uh, Dallin's clothes. What? He just looked like a little doll boy after I dressed you. Yeah. His pants were really tight. And I think a lot of people appreciated that. <laughs> and then I, Dallin bought me a monochromatic outfit. All green. And he likes to say that he did it on purpose as a joke to me, but we have video it's proof. yet to be seen. <laughs> I think he just got frustrated and couldn't figure out what to do. So he just wanted to do something funny. No, I thought it was good content. That was hilarious. People laughed so hard when you walked out. Everybody said they peed their pants when you walked out in the all green outfit. That was so <laughs> funny. And everybody Which really did like your pants. They said people you have, have kept compared the pants. me to Elmer Fudd, the Jolly Green Giant. What, Gumbo? Russell from Up. <laughs> Russell. <laughs> All the things. Yeah. Um, okay. I needed to say we put together a party. Okay. I need to start over. We were part of a committee of many people, but we were a part of it. Committee for planning parties. For plan- the, par- the committee for planning parties, the party planning committee at uh-huh. our church. And we threw this like camping themed barbecue night at because the church. Because it was supposed to be a camp out, but then it was, turned out to be the first snow of the year here in Utah. So we were like, uh, we're not going to go camping in that. Let's just do a dinner at the church. Yeah, but it was my brilliant idea to do bingo. I think I think that's the most the funnest thing you could do at a dinner party. Everybody loved it. Like there's they were no, like honed in. There's no waiting for dinner to end. You'd play it while you eat and it's very chill. This was in the vlog that just came out last. Yeah, and it went so great. So if you're planning some sort of large dinner party and you're afraid they're gonna be bored, just get a lot of candy as prizes. And do bingo. And play bingo. And we didn't know how easy it was going to be to set up a game of bingo. Yeah, Look, you can buy a pack. They'll send you a big pack of bingo cards from Amazon. Like 300, was it 300 of them for five bucks? Yeah, it was $5. Just so everybody has a different bingo card. We, I thought we would have to be like printing off tons of no, papers. No, no, no. no, it was so easy. Search bingo cards on Amazon. It, they, it's like a They're giant, legit ones. Giant it's made out of newspaper. Of yeah, for five bucks. And then we just used M&Ms as game pieces. And then there were prizes. There was a free app on my phone. That just calls out the bingo numbers and just goes through one by one, like B7, I23. And um, it was so, so easy. I want to throw a neighborhood or like a 
a party for the people who live in our neighborhood to come over and everyone makes like a dessert. So it's like mixing a cakewalk with bingo. So everyone makes like their favorite dessert yeah, or like some sort of really fun treat or cookie or something for Christmas. It could be Christmas cookies and they like saran wrap it. So no one can eat them. And those are the prizes for bingo. So you only and then get you to, get to take them home. If you win I mean, bingo. obviously people will share at the end, you know, uh-huh. like there will be dinner and stuff, but those will be like the prizes, like really fun cookies or really fun desserts. Or you can put together your own prize basket, every household, you know? Yeah. That's a good idea. I know. And then it's like the Christmas party of the century. Let's do it. Let's do it. When we, when we finally host a Dashley meetup. When we finally become brave enough to host a Christmas party, (laughs) we will do that. We should have a Dashley Christmas party somewhere. Where could we do that? I don't know. We just need to, everybody pitch in and we can rent out a room in the Grand America. There you go. Everyone donate $3,000 and we'll do that. (laughs) I think it's like, we did. I think it's like 10 to $12,000 to rent a big room in Grand America. We filmed a quinceanera there. Like we were the filmers. It was a fancy quinceanera. And she told us how much it cost. It was like 20 grand, I think. Yeah. They went all out for that thing. Just for the, the hotel, like for the reservation of was the- Was it 20? I think it was. I remember just- Grand my, America, by the way, is the fanciest hotel here in Salt Lake City. I remember my jaw dropping a lot. Well, we went on a date yesterday to Ikea. Yeah, we did. Tell the people what we bought. <laughs> What okay. didn't we buy? We went in there. We got comfy rugs for our bathroom. We got a humongous mirror. Oh, we got meatballs and chicken. This is what, let me tell you, we went in there for two nightstands because uh-huh. we had returned something and we were like, we knew we, we could buy. We had $200 Nike. And we knew we could do nightstands for that. We ended up not buying any nightstands. I bought a cake decorating kit, cake molds. We bought. A heart-shaped one for George. We bought rugs and then we bought bath mats and we bought dishes for the kids we bought what else the biggest thing we bought was a mirror for our room a mirror for our room dallin got a new trash can and i got a trash can for my office what else the office the the podcast room thank you relabel that this is my office (laughs) we bought a lot of things and we ended up spending more so we use all the two hundred dollar gift card and then it was like a hundred extra still no nightstands and we didn't even get nightstands because we didn't like any of them mm, it uh it doesn't help that we shopped around on article.com before we went to ikea gosh i love that place it's like the best looking furniture ever but it's like ikea is 70 dollars for a nightstand article like is 499 dollars for a nightstand <laughs> So you know, probably won't get anything from Article but for quite a you while. You could make a really cute room from Article. Uh, just yeah. saying. Coming up in our life today. What? Well, not today, but in a couple of days, we guys, we got invited to a fancy party. I'm whispering because I'm still like, or do they know who we are? What do you mean? Do Whoops, they know who we are? I just kicked the garbage can you bought at IKEA. Back off my garbage can. Ashley Furniture. Office. Ashley Furniture. Ashley Furniture Home Store invited us to. California, all expense paid for like a day and a night and a day. They're flying us out. They even sent us an Uber certificate so we could Uber ourselves without paying any money. This is just Ashley's acting weird because of the first time we've ever been in like, like chauffeured like this, like flown somewhere for an event as a social media person. Sometimes people are like, yeah, you can come, but you're going to have to get yourself here. A quote unquote. Yeah. 
So yeah, people have said that, but like, but you have to get, like our carnival place we just went to. We were sponsored by Carnival to go on a cruise, but we still had to like buy our plane tickets out there and stuff. Yeah, this and one, our drinks on the boat. Yeah, and a lot of other and stuff. And they wouldn't even give us and a picture. You know how they take pictures? Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, can we have that so we can post it on our Instagram? And they're like, no, like, you got to no. buy it. <laughs> I was like, wait, don't you want us to post it? Yeah, but for this one, Ashley Home Furniture, we're really excited to be working with them. They're sending us out to L.A to their new big launch of a new, apparently they're launching a new mid-century modern looking line of furniture. I'm really excited because... That's exactly our style that we're looking for in our It's exactly house. our style. They told me that. I was like, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. So we're flying out there. We'll be Instagram storying the whole thing. So make sure to be following us on Instagram. And we, um, we are going to go to the big event. They're going to show off the new furniture. And then they're having a big concert with Neo. Yeah. And we had to look him up to remember what songs he sings. Uh-huh. He, he sings the come closer. I don't know I any just of the can't songs. Go myself away. Dun, yeah, I dun, recognize dun, that one. Dun, but I was on my I mission when he was stop. like big, apparently. And if stop. you know anything about LDS missions, you don't listen to any music besides like church hymns for two years. So I knew nothing about him. Why I didn't go. Yeah. So, um, anyways, make sure to be following us on Instagram and we'll probably vlog that too because it's going to be a fun little trip. Yeah. And we're just really. And excited. our hotel is the Hollywood dream or something what yeah is it? dream it's Hollywood? fancy it looks cute it looks like a really nice hotel i've never been so this is like the first official time that we are being what is the word Sh- chauffeured Sh- invited special guests treated nicely Ma- maids of what does michael say <laughs> when he's invited to speak at the shareholder meeting Sh- wined and dined i don't know maybe but uh, yeah, so follow along and it's going to be coming up soon in the vlogs and Instagram stories. You'll see it first there. We should probably do a podcast in our hotel room there just for fun. I'm just excited to see the new furniture. Yeah, you are. We're finally going to get furniture. We don't maybe. have a couch. We're in the market for couches. Mm-hmm. So this is the perfect place to look at them. There we go. So that's going to be fun too. Today, you guys, we uh, thought it would be fun to, uh, we've already said that we we're going to do this on a in- recent Instagram post at the Dashleys. We've been, Ashley and I started reading a marriage book together. We're both pulling out our books. La-dee-da. We're reading The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And we thought that we would like to solidify what we were learning. We're going to do a little book review, book club, after we finish each chapter. We're doing one chapter a week. So if you guys want to read along with us, we only did, uh, we've only read the first chapter, so you're not late to the game. First chapter is kind of an introduction anyways. So go get seven principles for making marriage work if you want to read along with us and then come back and listen to the podcast. And we'll be doing these weekly until we finish the book and talking about what we learn and just applying it to ourselves. We're not going to try to like teach you the book. We're just going to like do or some, summarize it. It's just going to be the things that stood out to us. The things that stood out to us and what we're applying to our lives just because I feel like that's more interesting to listen to and more helpful for just everybody here. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Well, I found a lot of cool stuff. I used a pen and highlighted things so it's going to be a lot easier for me to talk than you for Dallin. I went the audiobook route and just listened to it twice to try to like memorize it. So I think a lot I might lead this a little bit and then Dal- as I like say things I bet you'll remember the things you yeah, heard. Yeah and I, I like scanning through it I'll remember parts too. Okay so I liked a lot of things. Um, the first thing I liked it's a quote and it says happily married couples aren't smarter richer or more psychologically astute than others. But in their day-to-day lives, they have hit upon a dynamic that keeps their negative thoughts and feelings about each other, which all couples have from overwhelming the positive ones. A dynamic? Uh-huh. Rather than creating a climate of disagreement and resistance, they embrace each other's needs. And I feel like that's what we've been learning to do. Like, to recognize... Embrace each other's needs. Well, I think the first part of that for us was just realizing what our own personal needs were. Mm-hmm. I think that's a thing you learn as you grow where you kind of recognize like what is specific, what specifically you need as a person. And it's probably different than what your spouse needs as a person Mm -hmm. or like what's making you like, I've like been trying to think what, what's like actually making me feel unhappy when I feel unhappy or what's making me feel stressed when I feel stressed because I don't want it to just be like, oh, my kids stress me out or, oh, Dallin stresses me out or, oh, the house stresses me out. Like what, like specifically like within me is making me feel that way. And then just trying to like help myself, like give myself tools to help with that or strategies. And then also like letting Dallin know. So if he's like, oh, Ashley's stressed, it's probably not, it's not me. It's just, she feels this way when these things are, or these, it, she feels certain ways when certain things are happening. Mm-hmm. And the same with you too. Like you've been telling me a lot of stuff about feelings and things. I just, I am starting to honor my feelings more. And then that's been a big step for you. Just like it's been huge for me. Just um, realizing what that means to honor your feelings. I just remember like fighting a year ago and me being like, what do you want? Like what makes you happy? Like, what are you, how do you even feel? Like, do you even know? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't like there's nothing. It's hard because there's nothing to work with then. you. I don't think I'm alone. Maybe there are a lot of men out there. I know there are a lot of men out there who really well, and women, feelings, I think too. But I know that there's a lot of men out, out there that aren't. And this is something that I finally have like realized about myself and I'm trying to change. I still am not super good at it, but I think the first step is like acknowledging it. Right. It's so, been really good, but it's also been really hard because I was so used to you as like being a super chill person. Not that you're not chill, but... What do you mean chill? Like just like nothing, like like 
you kind of always were like, oh, well, what do you want to do, Ashley? Or like, how do you want to play this? Or yeah, that was like our status quo. And like, I like it would, I, and it was I was like, encouraging you to change, but then when you changed, it was kind of like, we have to learn how to figure out that dynamic of, and it's, it's harder, but it's the better place to be at. And I feel like when you change, not you specifically, like me, like me trying to do things for me versus like giving myself away to everyone and then feeling kind of like a victim in my life. I'm not like this like sad, depressed person feeling like a victim all the time, but I kind of recognized that tendency in me. But mm-hmm. then I feel like when I try and not be that way, you kind of reset to the extreme. And I've had to like, like you reset, but then you figure out how to make that work with a fa- like with other people. Like yeah. you kind of like dial it back after you change to like a happy medium. Yeah. So the quote was as opposed to what was the quote again? So couples have hit couples like who have like intelligent, emotionally intelligent marriages. Those couples have hit upon a dynamic that keeps their negative thoughts and feelings about each other from overwhelming their positive ones rather than creating a climate of disagreement and resistance. Like with those like things that would usually cause negative feelings, they embrace each other's needs instead of being like, that's so annoying. It's It's like, Oh, how can I help you? Yeah. Like they have a need instead of just an annoying habit. That's like, um, it's not me being crazy when I, I like it clean. It's like, I just need, I, I like need that. I don't know. And like you with noise, like you're not just being this crazy. Who well, there's just noise. night and day difference when you just got annoyed when I, when I wasn't comfortable with a sound going on in the background to when you were like, when you started telling the dogs to stop barking more, I was just like, man, she got my back. Like that's just a huge sign of like friendship and respect to me when you ask the dogs to stop barking. Right. And like, it used to just be like, like, come on down and like they're dogs. Like yeah, they're going to bark. Now that, now that you have started to like have my back there, it just, I just automatically feel like we're better friends. Yeah. And that's just a little thing. It's kind of like in our other podcast, we gave an example where this, uh, the wife bought home some orange mums from Home Depot because it was Halloween in the fall season, thought they looked like great flowers on their porch. But the husband came home and he hated his time working at Home Depot. He worked at Home Depot and he hated it. And so he He hated that there were orange flowers from the Home Depot's color on the front porch from Home Depot. And he hated it so much. And the wife, um, didn't understand why, but, um, we, we told them that like it would be a huge like act of friendship and love if she was like, you know what? I love you more than these flowers. So, and yeah, I know that you hate these flowers. Therefore, I hate them too. Let's go burn them together or just like destroy them. And it would be a huge act of love to have the husband's back and not be annoyed by his little thing that he has, but like meet his needs and take his side and love him and go and destroy those flowers together. And it would bring you a lot closer together. Yeah. Even really though good. she's like, this is so dumb. Like, they're just flowers. Yeah. If she was just like, you know what? You know what? Screw these stupid flowers. You hate them, I hate them. Uh-huh. And that was, that's a really cool, like, sign of friendship. Okay, I had another quote that was really good. And it kind of made me think a lot about kids and marriage. It said, and just because when, like, you're raising a kid or when you're thinking about people who you want to date, you, like, the one of the first questions I would always ask is, like, oh, what are you studying? Like, it's really important to people to know, like, their professional trajectory and if they're going to be successful and if they're going to be able to like, like make it in society. Um, this says, um, it just talks more about emotional intelligence and you don't really care about that when you're dating. I feel like, like that doesn't come up for a long time and it's not like something you're on the lookout for. Like obviously you're on the lookout for immaturity. Does he define emotional intelligence? Like what that actually is? I think he gets, because I've heard that so much, but I've never been able to like, I think it's what we're working on. Just like 
understanding like my feelings aren't everyone's feelings. Like what you say, Stephen Covey says, when someone... When someone disagrees or has a different point of view than you, instead of thinking, well, therefore you're stupid, saying, oh, good, you see it differently. Help me understand. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think exactly. Like we, we hear like all these little things that like couples are fighting over. And it just makes me think like, um, like just the point that we've recently started trying to get to where instead of being annoyed by these things and letting other people control your emotions and affect how you're feeling, you're able to just talk about it and not let disagreements make you disagreeable and just be like, huh, well, let's talk, let's talk about it. Let's chat about it. See if we can make something work or if we just need to agree to disagree. I think that that's kind of like the spirit of emotional intelligence. Yeah. And just taking off your blinders, like seeing people and seeing like being able to see if they're having a hard time or if they're struggling or if they're happy or if they're joyful and kind of being able to, to see, to see why, or even just wanting to know why or wanting to know more so that you can help Mm -hmm. like getting to the point where you're past just taking care of yourself and you're able to look at others and see their needs and it brings you joy to help them. Yeah. I think that's a lot of emotional intelligence too. Yeah. Instead of like boiling up your feelings and just resenting and And just only feeling grudges and things. It's just like you talk about it and get it out on the table and like, let's do this. Like my love for that thing isn't more than my love for you. Like um, I'm not going to let this problem be solved, become more important than a person to be loved. Yeah. I think, and maybe it's just easier for girls, but just like not being annoyed with other people's feelings and being willing to like, take time out of your day to help them go through their stuff. I think traditionally men have like bigger in a bad way, egos than women. Or just, I feel like a lot of guys get annoyed with feelings because they just, it's like a waste of time. But I think it's like culturally pounded I was thinking about my past. I was told to like toughen up, man up. Like I think you've, I think it's, don't be sad. I don't think it's, all over and I don't think it's nationwide, but I think a lot of boys are taught like feelings are irrational and a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And then I think that makes marriage really hard because girls aren't taught that. No, girls all. are very, yeah, at least you are very in tune with your feelings and I admire that about you. And I think feelings should be seen for what they are. I mean, what I was getting to like at the beginning of the podcast, how I've been starting to respect my feelings more. Mm-hmm. I found this little self-validation thing that like, has really helped me. And I won't read the whole thing, but it says, I respect and honor myself when I pay attention to and accept my feelings. And I will try to slow down and make time to notice my feelings. I know that my feelings matter and I will value the truth and wisdom that they contain. And others may try to invalidate my experiences and feelings, but I will hold on to my truth. And I can hold on to my truth and also remain open to other people's perspectives as long as there is mutual respect. And it goes on saying a few more things like that, but it's like a self-validation little quote or mantra that I can read to myself like every day. And I'm trying to, cause it's like something I've never told myself before. Well, that's I just dismiss a, yeah. feelings. I just say it, stop feeling that way. And then I just end up brooding and wondering why I'm mad and just things just make me angry. And Well, that's what I was saying. Like, that's what I'm working on. Like my feelings matter. Like just because like my feelings aren't the crazy feelings in the room, mm-hmm. just because they're different than someone else. I always like go to, I must be crazy. So I'm just not going to, like appeal to those feelings and then I just start feeling like I don't know like trapped or like I'm hiding myself or like 
uh, I don't know, like I, I feel like I label myself as someone who doesn't fit in because I label my feelings as the crazy feelings. Yeah. You got to respect and honor your feelings, girl. And then if somebody isn't doing that to you, then you can, uh, that doesn't let you, that it makes it hard with kids because I don't want George to feel that way. Like, I don't want him to feel like his feelings don't matter, but it's so hard when he just cries. Oh, like for hours, not for hours. It's just like, he's sad and really whiny for hours. And I try well, and just say a hard things. transition because for the first year of their life, they learned that crying gets them what they want. I don't even, I think he really is feeling this way. Like he's had a really sad. Also tuned knows who knows what's going on in two year old brains. <laughs> yeah. He's had a really sad day today. And I just don't know what the line between like, Hey, like you need, like I get like, pick yourself up, man. I know. Like, I know you're sad, but like, let's not be sad all day. Like let's, I don't know. We were doing a fun activity where we were washing pumpkins today and he was so just like nothing was making him happy. And we were doing something really fun, like making pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And it was like hour three of him just being so sad. And finally, I I don't know if this was like a nice thing to say or a mean thing to say. I tried to say it really nice. Like I've been trying to be really like your feelings are valid. Like if you need, it's okay to cry and like, but it's also okay to like, go calm, like maybe you need to just go calm down in your room mm-hmm. and have a moment. Like we try that. And then finally I was just like, George, we're all having such a fun time outside and we're all playing and we want you to come outside and be with us and to play. But if you're just going to be sad out here, like maybe it's best for you to go inside. And he, he actually was like, yeah, I'm going to go inside mom. And then he went and he inside just laid on the chair and then he walked. Well, he, he then he locked really the door <laughs> yeah. and I even was like, do you want me to come inside with you? And he was like, no. And I was like, do you want to stay outside with me? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, then I think you need to go inside and calm down. And then he went inside and locked us out. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily there's like a keypad on our door, yeah. but that helped my like mother's heart be like, okay, like he's literally locking me out. He doesn't need me right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so emotionally intelligent marriages are what he sees are the most like happy couples are emotionally intelligent. Oh, but what I was getting at with like dating and like what you look for, I just, it just made me think of dating and how I was always looking for like successful people and people who are like on the right track. La, da, 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 da. Right. Um, he says emotional intelligence has become widely recognized as an important predictor of a child's success later in life. The more in touch with feelings and the better able a child is to understand and get along with others, the sunnier that child's future. And it just made me, it made me think a lot about education and how no, like people aren't really thinking about that in education. It's more like, like, are you like getting this common core standard in? Are you like learning math and learning to read? And like, yeah, we talk about character-based education, but that it was like one teacher who came once a week and talked about character traits in like my element the elementary school that i taught at and then the one i attended like n- i nothing mm-hmm. i don't even, i don't think there was anything man it, it was but it kind of made me think how i want to like what kind of curriculum or education so like, i want to provide so like with. when you're dating maybe notice how they react when something annoys them or when some when plans don't go how they thought they would go kind of see how they react and that would kind of be a, a gauge of their emotional intelligence like if they easily get frustrated or annoyed at something, might be a little bit of a yellow yellow light. Yeah, versus like, I don't, like if they just laugh it off. My mission. This was making more sense. And my mission president said, take a date on a service project and see if they kind of stand back or if they jump in and get to work. Well, I don't know how much that will like judge a person's character. Like I would probably like hang back a little. Like, 
just because just I don't their attitude towards service in general. Oh yeah. Like I wouldn't like take charge and like, you don't have to like take leadership position, but if they're like happy to be there or if they're just like, man, this sucks. Me, me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know, like it's hard to judge in when you're dating. Cause when you're dating, everyone's kind of like sunny and bright and the best. Right. But I think a lot of it, like even just now, like looking at yourself and being and seeing, asking yourself, where am I like emotionally? Like, how, how, where am I on the scale? And also looking at your kids and asking yourself, like, where are they? Mm-hmm. And knowing you and can... And what can you do to do better about it? I'm reading Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Oh, by, yeah. Um, it's really good. I mean, it's really deep. Like, i probably just going to have to start over because so much of it is just like, I just need to work on all of these things. <laughs> just like a lot to read. Anyways, it's a really good book. He doesn't talk a lot about anything as far as what you can do to learn emotional intelligence, he just says, I think one of the, you can he probably it's, does more. It's a book. develop a skill so, you develop. Yeah. This first chapter is just basically setting up the issue. And so he goes on to talk about why traditional marital therapy, marriage counseling doesn't really work. He says a lot of marriage therapy is like a brink, a blanket approach, basically teaching people how to argue better and more effectively and how to use active listening techniques but he says, like, those are good. That's one aspect of, of getting along better. But the underlying aspect that he's trying to get to, and I think he gets into it more in later chapters, is that it's not so much how you treat each other when you're disagreeing, but how you treat each other when you're not disagreeing. That, that um, in his research, he has found it, the difference between happy couples and unhappy couples. He says, like, well, there's probably a straightforward quote, but he says, this kind of boils down to what your quote was, kind of like, like these couples are friends and they're able to get along and learn to agree to disagree and learn to disagree without being disagreeable and disagreeing doesn't equal. Therefore you're stupid or you're crazy. Disagreeing just means like you can still say, even though you disagree, I still value you. I still, my friend I still got your back. We just have some different views on things and you're still friends. Like yes, he says, we suck at that. We're getting better, but we have sucked in the past. Or do you still not think we're getting at that? I mean, I think we have maybe like a good moment amidst bad moments. That's getting better to me. Okay. I just like to focus on the positive. Yeah, I just don't think we're like there. We're not. We're close. <clears throat> but we're getting there. Making progress. We're leaving and the station. We're leaving this <laughs> station. And it's, um, that's what he says is the main difference. And so basically you can learn to, argue more effectively, but he's, he kind of says that's Olympic level. Yeah. Emotional intelligence. That was my quote that I underlined. Like sometimes I mean, it's really hard to do after when, you're, we when went, your marriage is barely walking and well, he's like, like, that's an Olympic level feat to like actively um, listen and respond using like I statements and things when the person that they are attacking is you like, that's very, very, very hard to do. Yeah. I have the quote right here. Active listening, ask couples to perform Olympic level emotional gymnastics, even if their relationship can barely walk. I've been asking myself this question because we went to therapy two or three times Mm -hmm. and that's what he talked so much about active listening. Uh And I've just been like, it's a, it's hard for me. It's so hard. And I've been like, what, especially when the person that they're mad at is you. Why can't I just like listen to my husband and validate him and talk to him? And, and it makes me feel a little bit better that he think that's, that that's Olympic level. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easier to, I don't feel it's like easier such an idiot. to do that when it's, it's easier to do that when the underlying thing is that you're friends and you respect the other person and you have their back. Yeah. Because when you respect them, you have their back that, that naturally begets 
So it's like what responding comes responding to them in a loving way, like the chicken or the egg. What comes first, being friends or li- active listening when you're fight? Being friends, probably being friends. I definitely guess definitely comes first. That's the that's the foundation of it. And he said he knows couples who are happily married who argue all the time, but he says he says like the happiest couples that he's observed. He sets up like a love lab. He's the only guy to observe marriage from like a scientific viewpoint and have actual data on what makes happy marriages work. He says he's able to predict divorce with 95% accuracy over a 40 year period, like by observing a couple for five minutes. That's weird. And it's, he's boiled it down to these things in this book. So that's why we're excited to read this is because he notices, he calls them the four horsemen. If you instantly get critical of somebody when you disagree, rather than like, like, Oh, you see it differently. Help me understand. Like, um, he says, if you're critical, I forget the other four horsemen, but it's like stonewalling, being critical, um, like resentment, resenting, I think might we'll get to on. more. This is a book club people. It's a book club, but he says he, there's like some key things that he notices in couples that eventually get divorced. And, and it basically means that they're not friends. Like they don't respect each other. And it's always like, why don't you see it my way versus you can totally see it your way. We're friends. Like we're not going to ever see any, everything the same way. Yeah. Cool. He talked, um, he went on to talk about, like the value of a marriage and how how a lot of people don't like they may see its value but they don't value it in that they don't work on it or give it the time it needs um he said one of the saddest reasons a marriage dies is that neither spouse recognizes its value until it is too late too often a good marriage is taken for granted rather than giving the nurturing and respect it deserves and desperately needs it made me think do you remember our lazy day what like a couple of days ago we had like a lazy day yeah and it was like a struggle like i got to that point because i was just like i'm starting to have like a lot of stress and i don't know where it's and i think i just need to like have moments or afternoons where i just like take a break like mm-hmm. there's so much work and the kids are a lot of work and when they sleep like we just like hit work hard and podcast or we comment on comments or we make videos or edit videos like we work a lot and it's just the thing about working from home and this whole business thing that the we thing do. about being self-employed is that you're never done. Like, like it's never done and it's getting to You don't have a list me. of tasks. Like once you're done, you're like, oh, well, I can go home for the day. It's always like there's always more to do, especially in what we do. And like I was recognizing it getting to me. So I just told Dallin, I was like, I'm just taking a break this afternoon. And I went and laid in our guest room and it's like white and empty. And it just feels so calm and peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, I didn't bring my phone. I just didn't allow myself to do anything. And I just like laid there for an hour. And then Dallin came and laid there with me and we just looked at each other and we were like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. Yeah. But it was so hard not to feel lazy and like, like, like we're letting our business die. Like if we're not working on it, it's dying. Like if you're not moving forward and you're moving backwards, like I have that feeling with it mm-hmm. and it's probably not true. It might I mean, be true. It is, but it's like how far and how fast do you need to move forward? Like we need to find a, a happy, a happy level. Like if Casey Neistat can get burned out, then literally anybody in the world can get burned out. I just thought like, and then I read this after we took that day together and I just, I wrote down like, we shouldn't feel lazy when we do that. Like that's work too. What did I write? Just because we're not working, quotation mark fingers, does not mean we're not doing important work. That's good. Yeah. That's what I wrote down. So we should look at that as work. Like we're, it was just so nice to like, it was like how we used to lay down with each other before we had kids. And before we started this whole business thing, 
where like if you weren't if you came home from work you were done with work and like we could just chill mm-hmm. and it was so nice to just sit there and chill with you and lay down with you and like snuggle and we watched a little show and it just felt it like filled my cup yeah. so much more than it's felt filled yeah well let's make it a point to do that more often because that like, was awesome we shouldn't have to go on a cruise to do that like that was the fun part of our cruise like we shouldn't have to go on a cruise to like feel like we can take an hour for ourselves yeah we shouldn't oh yeah thank you (laughs) okay the last part i wanted to talk about it's really really cool it's just like the actual health implications of being in a happy marriage and he talks about like if you're in an abusive marriage or if you're in like like any type of abuse like it is obviously healthier for you to get out of that marriage Um, but if you're not in an abusive marriage and if you started out in a good place and you've come to this unhappy place where you're kind of floundering or falling or falling apart, um, the, the better course is to work on your marriage, um, because you're more likely to end up happy if you stay married than if you get divorced and you can like resuscitate your marriage. Mm -hmm. And for people who are in a happy marriage, there's crazy like crazy data on their, how much their health increases, like f- specifically from being in a happy marriage. And I'll just read some of them to you because they're nuts. This blew my mind. Yeah. Did you read this yeah. stuff? Okay. Um, let's see. Pe- in an unhappy marriage, people experience chronic diffuse physiological arousal. In other words, they feel physically stressed and usually emotionally overwrought as well. This puts added wear and tear on the body and mind, which can present itself in any number of physical ailments, including high blood pressure, heart disease, and a host of psychological troubles such as anxiety, depression, substance abuse, psychosis, violence, and suicide. Not surprisingly, happily married couples have a far lower rate of such maladies. They also tend to be more health conscious than others. People who stay married live four to eight years longer than people who don't. Wow. Okay, there's more. Subjects who were satisfied with their marriage. So they asked people who were satisfied with, like, are you satisfied with your marriage? Mm -hmm. And the people who said yes versus the people who said no had more effective natural killer cells than did the others. Natural killer cells are like the cells in your body that um, destroy body cells that have been damaged or altered, like especially cancerous cells. Like natural killer cells are the things that fight cancer. Wow. Which was crazy. Also, happily married men and women versus unhappily married men and women showed a greater proliferation of white blood cells. So they had higher immune systems. Just because they're happily married. Yeah. And they live longer. It's nuts. That's really cool. And I think a lot of it gets down to stress. But it also, I wrote down in the comments, like, we were not made to be alone. Like, being like happily married to a spouse. It is not good for man to be alone. That's in the scriptures. But like, Yeah. And like, there's like to be happily married has like scientific health benefits that are like really good. Like we were not made to be alone and our kids were not made to be alone. Um, it made me think a lot about like punishment of kids, like timeout and stuff Mm -hmm. versus like other forms of like, they have like more time in time in or like, let's take a break. Let's have some calm down time. But like separation or isolation is like a terrible thing for a human. Yeah. Like isolated chambers and jailers, like considered the worst form of punishment, right? Yeah. Uh, when you were talking about how people are usually happier staying married, mm-hmm. except for like abusive situations. Yeah. And it's uh, it all very me, like 
case by case. Like I don't want to make any blanket statements. Yeah, please. If you're in that situation, talk to this like is a just certified him. counselor. But um, that reminded me of something from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay. It was a. It was Stephen Covey talking with somebody at one of his seminars about being proactive and the spirit of proactivity versus being reactive. And he said somebody came up to him at a seminar and he said, Stephen, I like what you're saying, but every situation is so different. Look at my marriage. I'm really worried. My wife and I just don't have the same feelings for each other that we used to have. I guess I just don't love her anymore and she doesn't love me. What can I do? And he said, the feeling isn't there anymore, I asked. That's right, he affirmed, and we have three children and we're really concerned about it. What do you suggest? Love her, I replied. I told you the feeling isn't there anymore. Love her. You don't understand. The feeling of love just isn't there. Then love her. If the feeling isn't there, that's a good reason to love her. But how do you love when you don't love? And he said, my friend, love is a verb. Love the feeling is a fruit of love, the verb. So love her, serve her, sacrifice, listen to her, empathize, appreciate, affirm her. Are you willing to do that? And he said, in all of the great literature of all progressive societies, love is a verb. Reactive people make it a feeling. They're driven by feelings. Hollywood has generally scripted us to believe that we are not responsible, that we are product of our feelings. But Hollywood script does not describe the reality. If our feelings control our actions, it is because we have abdicted our responsibility and empowered them to do so. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so... Um, it's just it kind of like saying it's a feeling kind of rids yourself of responsibility, but also, um, ability to do anything. Yep. So proactively love and be a good friend and build like the friendship. So that's basically what we've learned from chapter one. Hold on. I got more. Oh, you have more. One okay. last quote. Um, a lot of people say like men are different than women. Like they come from two different planets and he talked about how that's a myth in so many ways. Like oh, it, yeah. in so many ways, it's similar. He said that it's true. He said that in the, in the part where he, uh, like he, one of the myths is that affairs are the main reasons for divorce yeah, and that more men have affairs than women. And he said, that's mainly because more men leave the house for work than well, women do. And now back that in more the day, women, yeah. now that more women are working as well, the number of women having affairs is actually higher than men. Yeah. It's, it's equal or higher. No, it's, he said it's higher. Yeah. Um, he says the determining factor in whether wives feel satisfied with the sex, romance, and passion in their marriage is by 70% the quality of the couple's friendship. And then like you would assume for men, it would be like sex or like, you know, like it'd be something different. Mm -hmm. But he said when asked, like when they studied men and pulled them and did whatever they did with them for men, the determining factor is by 70% the quality of the couple's friendship. So, so they are from the same planet after all is what like makes all of those things so much better. Maybe for some men, physical touch is their primary love language and the wife being a good friend would do some like sexual things proactively. You know what I'm saying? But it's not sex in and of itself. No, I think the being, fr I get that. Like I get like some people. Yeah, I get that. But your exp like how you rate the quality of your sexual experience isn't in and of itself just because of sex alone. No, like you, your satisfaction with your sex life is directly correlated with how, with your levels of friendship with your spouse really or good. with whoever you're having sex with. Yeah. I have an idea for our next podcast. What? There's a quote here that says, if you can accommodate each other's crazy side and handle it with caring, 
affection and respect, your marriage can thrive. And I wrote down podcast idea. What is my crazy side? That's a good one. Where we like, we could like take a couple Whenever days. you, like the few times that you've done that in the past. <laughs> sounds really rude. Wait, what? <laughs> the few times that you've accommodated my crazy side in the past. And you could say the exact thing about me. We're working on being always accommodating to our crazy. Not like enabling right. craziness. I think we're discovering okay what our, cra- like quotation mark being our crazy side yeah, is. Yeah, and being okay with it and working together to like better ourselves. But from a point of friendship rather than trying to change the other person. No, this is what I want to do for our next podcast. I want to like take a couple days and write down like what we think our crazy side is like a couple different things that is mm-hmm. our like quote unquote crazy thing. Okay. And then we can like reveal them and on then the podcast. We will just vocally affirm each other. <laughs> well, and most and reveal them. Okay. But Let's I think that's it. something like really insightful to do as a person as a, and like as a couple. It's good to know the crazy things because those are oftentimes you, things you hide. And again, they're not crazy. Everyone's different. And, and just um, because you have strong feelings doesn't mean your feelings are crazy. It's probably good for yourself to think about your crazy things because those are things you've been trying to hide for so long that. Right. And like, how great would it be if someone. If you could, were just like unabashedly weird and knew that your partner had your back because of your weirdness, despite your weirdness or including your weirdness. Right. Then and that's probably really like. I feel like you and I are trying so hard to hide our crazy. Or change our crazy. Yeah. But why but not? But we just, should naturally. But is it real? That's the question. That's what I've been working on. Not like neglect ourselves. Like, is it really crazy, or is it just like everybody has their own kinds of weird? If it's like a weakness, you can work on improving it. But it's not crazy. Like just because I like things a certain way, or I have certain things that I'm drawn to. Like I don't think I'll ever love dogs barking and yapping in my ears. Right. I don't think that makes you crazy, but like, that's you think that makes you crazy. I think after hearing you telling me stop for so long. No, I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying to fight either. But when you keep like when somebody keeps telling you to stop feeling the way you're feeling about something, that will make you start to think that you're crazy. I'm not trying to stop you from feeling the way you're feeling. I'm just there's some things that I can't control or you control. So like in a family, you have to like find a way to be happy. Yeah. It with out always catering to your crazy, which for you would be like muting the world. What do you mean? You hate noise. Not any, not every single noise. I know, but like we can't mute our kids and I can't mute our dogs. I know. I and we're good at telling the dogs know that barking isn't okay. And the kids, like I've learned to deal with kids. It's fine to be too. Right. That's something that I've grown in. Um, I used to be instantly driven crazy with crying babies. And that's just zero empathy and respect on my part. And I've just matured a lot there. I don't know where we were. Me neither. I don't know how to get back there. Anyways, that's what we're going to talk about on our next podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. This is Big Little Life with the Dashleys. Go check out our other podcast, Taking Sides, the Marriage Podcast. If you want to hear us respond to um, inquiries about people's disagreements that they're having in their marriage and get our take on it. It's really fun. Send in yours if you haven't yet. And keep on sending them in if you have more come up because we love talking about them. And it's really helping Ashley and I to come closer together and learn a lot more too. So thank you guys so much and have a great day.